0: IndyCar fans. Hey, hey, welcome to our podcast. This is a review of the Children's of Alabama Indy Grand Prix.
1: Yep, this is the IndyCar fan podcast. Michael Henderson and John Henderson. It's Sunday night, checkered flag flew a couple hours ago. Got our notes together, lap charts out, ready to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I was um you know, I'd been to this race
0: before. I was trying really hard to figure out how to get there, but it's just kind of tough. Flights out of there on Sunday night are tough. Just couldn't make it work, but you know, caught a lot of it on TV. Got the in car cameras, so um, don't have any real live and in person insight, but got as much info as we can off the website and reviewing the hell out of the race.
1: Yeah, and the good news is that Indy's coming to uh, Indy car is coming to Indy for the next round. So, and they'll be spending some time in the Midwest. So it'll be, won't be too long before we're at the track in person. We get to our little Midwest stretch
0: here in the middle of the summer. We're going to get to a lot of races. So,
1: yep. So yeah, it was an interesting race all all over the place, actually. Definitely more of a mix of strategy than I expected before the race started. And there was some, I didn't really realize watching it live. It wasn't kind of until going back into the lap chart and everything, but there was some Big drives from the back of the field too that the TV cameras didn't necessarily pick up. So it's it's a lot to, a lot went on. Yeah, I mean, I
0: got to admit, I didn't even really notice it until I got the lap chart out and started going through all this stuff. I was pretty tuned into the in cars for the guys that were contending for the win, you know. So that's why we do these reviews. It's hard to it's hard yeah. to follow live, right? So you got to go back and rebuild it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, this was a good one. As far as strategies, this is a great race for a three-stop versus a two-stop, right? I was surprised that they said going into this that the three-stopper hasn't won yet. Yeah. and But I was thinking before the race, the three-stop's the way to go, only because I thought the red tires were going to go off faster. They were going to be, you know, inferior to the primaries. Yep, yep. And I just thought, rather than getting a fuel save and worry about your red tires, just just get to a three-stopper. Yeah. So I was really surprised that... More people didn't try it, but um, I guess it's, you know, sort of the way it's been.
1: Yep. Just because historically two stops has always won the race or at least, you know, it seems like the front runners have pretty much all been on two stops for the last three or four years or so. I was actually a little surprised. I I don't think I thought that the three stop strategy was going to be legit until I saw all the Penske's go for it. And then, you know, when team Penske is putting, you know, all their chips on one single strategy like that. Then there's probably some merit to it. It's probably going to wind up being really quick, and uh, it turns out it definitely was. Yeah, I thought it would be the guys starting on reds
0: who were the first ones to duck into the pit. So I was surprised when Team Penske came in, all of them on primary tires, and and switched to the reds. So I'm not surprised there were a lot of lot of takers. I just didn't, it didn't go down the way I thought it was going to go down as far as who took the option. Yep, definitely. Let's just get
1: into it. We should probably talk about the starting lineup a little bit. I just had a couple things to note. VK got into the top 12 in qualifying, which I don't know if he's done that yet this year, but it looked, he didn't wind up having a very good race, but it looked like he was starting to turn things around. And then Christian Lundgaard qualified in the top six, which was awesome to see. Very, very fast. Yeah. VK started on the pole last year. So Going into
0: the weekend, it wasn't a big surprise that he would do well. Although in the practice sessions he didn't really show anything, so by the time qualifying rolled around, I, I was surprised that he made it. I wouldn't say he didn't have a good race; he didn't get the result, but he had a good first stint. That's true. And um, the two stopper didn't work for a lot of people, so you know at least uh, he he put himself up there and was running in the lead pack for a while. On the flip side, you know Kirkwood coming off a victory. I would have expected him to maybe start up a little higher, but he had a I think he had a mistake in qualifying that cost him, you know, points leader Erickson starting back in thirteenth. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprise. I think Colton Herta might have been near the front. I don't know if he was P one in any of the
1: practices, but for him to end up fourteenth on the grid, I thought was a little surprising too. But Yep, and actually I would say I was a little surprised to see Krozon wind up on the pole. I wasn't, only because he's been having such a great year.
0: Andretti's had a great year. And so I wasn't really surprised, although his practice times,
1: I don't think he was right at the top. Yeah. I think by practice times, I thought it was more likely to go to Pillow or or Ward or McLaughlin even. Well, Grosjean had an engine issue in
0: practice one. So he only got a couple laps. They had to change out his motor. Practice two, uh, I forget where he ended up, but he was up somewhere near the top. Anyway, it wasn't a big surprise to me that he was on the pole. It was a good accomplishment. I mean, yeah, it's just so tough. We, we say it every week, a couple tenths tens will move you almost back to the back of the grid. So, yeah.
1: so yeah, it's a fine line. Yep. Very true. Let's uh, get into the start of the race. Then pretty eventful start. The biggest thing being obviously Rosenquist kind of going into the side of new garden and spinning out in turn two, which dropped him all the way to last. And, caught, you couldn't really tell by looking at it on TV, but apparently damaged Newgarden, which haunted him for the entire rest of the race. Pretty incredible
0: three-car battle at the front on that first lap. I mean, Grosjean started on the pole. Pelot was outside of the first row. Pato in the second row. Those three guys, they they kind of came out of turn five. Well, O'Ward tried to go outside of Grosjean going into turn five. Grosjean exited wide and sort of pinched him off, and then Palau made a run up the inside. So... I thought they were going to go three wide all the way down to turn eight. <laughs> yeah. Pelot sort of backed off and tucked in behind Grosjean, who was on the inside, and then followed him right through those little, that sequence of turns and ended up second. And from there, they sort of sorted it out. But yeah, uh, further back, Rosenquist, you know, kind of got, I mean, he spawned, but he, it looked like he had a pretty good start. He it looked like he was going to get around um, Newgard. Who started to his inside and had a good run around the outside, but got stuck right behind Lungard there, who was on black tires, had to check up, got a little squirrely, and drifted up into Newgarden, and his front left just lightly tapped Newgarden and, and spun Rosenquist around. But but yeah, I think Newgarden immediately reported that the car didn't feel right. Yeah.
1: Must have got something slightly askew there. Newgarden said that, uh, I don't remember exactly what got damaged, but I think what he said after in his interview after the race was that the longer the stint went on, the more he noticed it making a difference. So like on a fresh set of tires, the car still felt pretty much normal. But the more that they wore out, the more that he was affected by whatever damage he picked up in that little collision. And it definitely kind of showed because there were a couple points in this race, actually one in particular right before the last round of stops where he was holding up a huge train of drivers. And, you know, his teammates ultimately on the same strategy finished way ahead of him. So I, I do think it it had quite an effect.
0: The flip side of that is there were a couple points in the race where I thought Newgard was gonna win. <laughs> so so he had overcome whatever issue he was I thought he had overcome whatever issue he was reporting, but but yeah, like you said, as the stints wore on, I think it just you just got tire wear, one cool thing about the the opening sequence is that Dixon ended up right behind award oh right t v made sort of a big deal out of it. The announcers are making a big deal out of it that Dixon may be looking to pay back award. award should be checking his mirrors. In fact, I think awards race engineer said something about keeping an eye <laughs> on the gap for him, but I think that's kind of overblown personally, yeah Dixon's I don't think the kind of driver that's going to jeopardize his own race. It's just not his style. He's not going to goon anybody. If Dixon's going to do stuff that's going to hurt a ward, we're not going to see it, right? It's going to be stuff that we want not be able to notice.
1: Yeah, he would <laughs> maybe lean on him a little harder, like give him, I don't know, if they find themselves actually fighting for a position, maybe give him a little bit more of a squeeze or something. But Dixon's definitely not the guy to like, you know, make a super late breaking move just because he's upset about the previous weekend and, you know, risk a collision for an overtake or something like that. So I'm with you. But it was kind of interesting that after last weekend uh, or after last race, they wind up in the first stint like nose to tail. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. But, you know, it doesn't
0: take long here. We get into the sort of settle in. I was thinking the red tires were going to start going away. Yep. The first stopper on lap 11 was Malukas,
1: who started on reds. I thought that uh, with with McLaughlin and Newgarden starting on the prime tire, I thought they were just biding their time waiting for the reds to go off. I didn't see them. Pulling the trigger on the three-stop strategy, but then it was like psych. They all came right in pretty early on. I, lap fourteen, I think, is when uh, I, th- I think lap fourteen is when Newgarden first came in on the blacks, and then it was shortly thereafter that McLaughlin and Power came in.
0: Yeah, I had it at lap 13 and then lap 15. And then Rossi coming in on lap 14, McLaughlin and Power coming in on lap 15.
1: Yeah. So this was interesting because they all started on the black tires, which you would think they were going to try to stretch. And instead, they came in very early, just within 15 laps, basically, and switched to the red tire. So the strategy at that point was, you know, obviously they were committed to three stops. And I was thinking they were probably going to try to do about 20 laps on this red, whatever the. You know, basically, as long as they could take it before it wears out too much and they start slipping around and losing a bunch of time. So I thought that'd be about 20 laps, which would put them just past, you know, lap 30 where the two stoppers were stopping. So, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I definitely didn't see it. Didn't see that coming at the beginning of the race.
0: It's also not normal for all three Penske's to go on the same strategy. And, you know, they usually split different strategies and they all started on the blacks. I thought Newgarden came in early because of what we already talked about, you know, Mm -hmm. that he was a little bit worried about the right rear for that reason, tire wear, things like that. But I was surprised, really surprised two laps later when McLaughlin and then Power both followed him in. So <laughs> they must have seen something that convinced them that three stops was the way to go because they didn't even bother splitting the strategy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think as soon as I saw that all three of them were in and on identical strategies, I was like, there must be, you know, they must know something that we don't. They did their homework the night before and found that three stops was just going to be faster or something because they put all three cars on it.
0: Yeah, so... The guys who committed to the early three stopper, I mean, we had, we already mentioned Malukas. both the Foyt cars came in. And then Newgarden, Rosenquist came in. I mean, he sort of had nothing to lose. He spun and put himself in the back, although he was making, you know, he was.
1: He got going. I mean, he was dead last at the end of lap one, but he passed, uh, I think he was up to 22nd or 21st even before stop started. So he was moving. And then um,
0: uh, Stingray. Yeah. Also, Rossi came in. He had also started on black tires. So again, I was I thought it would go the other way. I thought the red guys would come in earlier. Daly
1: tried it and then and then McLaughlin and power came in. Yep. McLaughlin and power closed the window on lap fifteen. It's pretty tight. The guys that go to three stops do it. After lap fifteen, there's no more uh, no more people everybody else is pretty much committed to the three or the two. So on lap twenty, I think it would make sense to go through the running order because at this point in the race, what is that you got like twelve guys who have gone to three stops. Uh, the rest of the field is on two, but everybody's on an equal playing field at this point in the sense that they all have two stops to make to get to the end of the race. So on lap 20, Grosjean still got the lead. Pelot is right there. Award's behind him in third. And then you've got Dixon in fourth, and VK is hanging on in fifth. Yeah, and he's not really that far behind. Herta is up to sixth,
0: and he had had a pretty lightning start after starting 14th. And I noticed he was using a lot of, a lot of push to pass yeah, let's go on down. I mean, the first person on black tires at this point, since the other ones had stopped, was Lungard. Yep. He had started in sixth. He had dropped to, to ninth. But now with these guys stopping, he had moved up to back up to sixth. Yep. And right right after lap twenty, he actually passes Herta. Herta's starting to go off. So Lungard's up to fifth on black tires and all over the back of VK. And it's looking like he's got a good thing going because yeah. he's really Kind of the only guy on that strategy at this point. Everybody else had already bailed from it. Yep, definitely. So then in seventh, let's go on down. In seventh, we got Kirkwood.
1: Eighth, eighth is Kirkwood. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Eighth is Kirkwood.
1: Yep, Erickson ninth, and then Simon Pagino is tenth, and then we keep going down. D'Francesco is in eleventh at this point. Ilot twelfth. Ray Hall thirteenth, and then uh, we've got Canapino
0: in fourteenth. Ray Hall, by the way, is on the primaries. So he's this next guy down on the Black Tires.
1: Yep. And Marcus Armstrong, who started in twenty six all the way at the back, is up to fifteenth, probably mostly just by staying out while those guys go to three stops ahead of him.
0: Yeah, but he did um, on track pass he he had passed Harvey. By this time he had passed Castro Nevis. Yep. And he had passed Daly all on track. Must have been feeling pretty good at that point. Picking guys off.
1: Uh, yeah, and so right behind him is Castro um, Castroneves in 16th, and then 17th is Newgarden, who has just caught the back end of the um, train of two stoppers, the guys who haven't stopped yet, because on the lap before, he had gotten around uh, Jack Harvey for 17th. So Harvey's 18th. McLaughlin's trailing him in 19th. And then Rossi, Will Power.
0: Yep. Rosenquist, Malukas. Might as well finish it out here. Malukas, Stingray Rob. Got Ferrucci, Daly, and Peterson. But like you said, Newgarden had already made a stop, had just passed Harvey, had undercut McLaughlin, right? So in the earlier stint, yep, McLaughlin ran ahead of him. So by stopping two laps early or whatever, he undercut him and had about two seconds on McLaughlin. And then Rossi was about another two seconds behind McLaughlin. So, but Newgarden at this point was looking pretty hot, right? Because he yeah. was the leader out of these three stop guys and was starting to slice through traffic.
1: Yeah. They were coming on quickly from there. It's a pretty short run. It's about six or seven laps until the two stoppers start coming in. But you know, Lungard's the only one at the front who's started on the blacks and has stayed out, committed to two stops and they're coming on really strong. He's passed Hurda. He's gotten by VK. Meanwhile, Hurda's reds are visibly going off. He's slipping around all over the place and it's passed by Lungard, Kirkwood and Erickson as well. I just took a glance at the timing and scoring at this point on lap 24. What I saw, the leaders were doing around 110s and three stoppers were down in the 109. So it was like half a second to a second difference between those guys. So the three stoppers were definitely coming on strong.
0: I was surprised that more guys didn't try three stops at this point. You know, just because we got into lap 15 and in hindsight, we know that was the That was sort of the end of that window. There was no reason the guys on Reds who were starting to lose tire didn't just come in. Heard it was talking about it on his radio. VK started to lose tire. They could have easily come in around lap 20, 21, switched to a three stopper and not had to struggle with all that wear that really cost them. But they commit, everybody else commits to the two. They got to get to lap 28, 30, something like that.
1: Yeah, well, 30 would be... The goal, if you're just trying to split it the race evenly into thirds, a couple of them don't make it that far. Herta's the f- I mean, we know he's struggling with tire wear, and he's the first to come in on lap 27th, which opens the two stop window. But meanwhile, Newgarden is all the way up to ninth place at this point when Herta comes in. So Newgarden, I guess most of that three-stop train are just flying. But then Loongard, VK, Ilot, Hall, Harvey, I have all those guys not quite getting to lap thirty. They're getting off the reds, so they don't have to use. Well, Loongard isn't getting off the reds, but you know Herda is, and I think some of those other guys. So they won't have to use them again for the rest of the race, which is going to help them out. You know, it's definitely going to take some fuel save to get there.
0: Newgarden had just passed Herda on track. Yeah, the red tires were starting to go off hard for some guys. Not so bad for the guys up front. I mean, I noticed Grosjean was still putting good lap times down. You know, he makes it all the way... He and but both make it on reds all the way to lap 30. Nobody gets further than that on the first stint.
1: Yep. So lap 30 closes the first stop window. We've got a mix of just over half with one more stop to make, just under half with two more stops to make. And this is pretty interesting. There's there's a little bit that goes on here before the three stoppers come back in. Particularly, Maloukas and Grosjean have that battle where they're on different pit strategies, but... Grozhan is, you know, in a lot of ways, still the effective, the provisional leader of the race, even though he's, he's behind on track and Malukas is harassing him trying to get by and he does get by actually. And I, I had a feeling that Grosjean was probably fuming a little bit under the helmet, even though it was totally fair play. I went right to Grojan's in-car and I wanted to listen.
0: Didn't say a word. Not yeah. that, not that, I mean, I was switching around all race, but I went there for that very reason. I didn't hear him say a word. He was calm and, you know, Malukas has every right to fight him. Yep. And he eventually got around him. And, you know, it just shows you that I guess it was about fuel save. I mean, Grosjean's got fresh tires. Maloukas's are older. Yeah. And so you figure Grosjean's going to be able to pull away. But I think it's just such a fuel save game for the two stoppers that really there's nothing he could do. Yeah, definitely. Just sort of let him go. Yeah. So after Malukas gets around him, Grosjean is running in seventh. Right? He's the first guy on the two stop strategy. So there's six guys in front of him. So we know the three stop guys are gonna have to come in pretty soon. Most of them are on red tires for one thing. So we think think those are gonna go off. They had stopped around lap fifteen, so I guess on fuel they can get to lap forty-five, and we're starting to close in on that number. At lap thirty-five, Newgarden's in the lead, but McLaughlin's starting to get right on him. In fact, on the next lap, 36 or lap 37, Newgarden really starts to slow down. Obviously, tire wear. McLaughlin gets around him, and then immediately Newgarden comes into the pits. Yep, And that's lap 37. So we're expecting most of the guys to come in in the next, obviously, 10 laps, right? They can't get past lap 45 on fuel. But probably sooner, I would think, since they're on the
1: reds and they've got to be going off.
0: You would think, but we'll never know because... You see Stingray, you know, he's stalled on the backstretch. Yep. And you can just tell by where the car is positioned, they're going to have to throw a full course yellow.
1: Yep. So luckily, though, they wait. They give everybody a chance to pit, and they all do. So this brings all the three stoppers in on lap 38, right before they put the yellow out. And then on lap 39, we are under full course yellow.
0: Yeah, I, I like it, you know, when they give people a chance to to make a decision before the yellow comes out. It helped the three-stop guys for sure. And then the other thing though, is if they're going to do that, I feel like they should just let it go one more lap and let every make everybody do an out lap. Yeah. You know, because there is an advantage to that. If you don't have to come out and beat the guys for the full lap, you know, that are coming in on hot tires, it's really kind of an advantage. So I wish I love it that they, they hold off, but again, let it go
1: one more lap. If yeah. it's da- if it's too dangerous to go one more lap, they should have thrown the yellow immediately anyway. I mean, maybe, but it's just every one more lap means 27 cars going past that spot one more time. So 27 more chances, although it's a very low chance, 27 more chances for potential incidents. So I think there's a balance to be set. I mean, it's it's almost whenever you have an incident like this and you have to slow the race down, it's almost impossible to do it in a way that doesn't advantage or disadvantage everybody. And so there's a balance to be struck between keeping everything fair, I guess, and safety. I think it's great, actually, that they, they leave the pits open, keep the track green until everybody's had a chance to at least come by the uh, pit entry, have a chance to pit. But then I don't really mind that they go yellow once everybody's in and stopped and rolling down the pits again.
0: I think you're right. Actually, now that I think about it, it makes more sense because you got guys coming out on cold tires with the guys on warm tires breathing down their neck. That's when that's when things happen.
1: Right. So it's like it's, you know, they're waiting to give everybody a chance to pit, but then once they're in, that's I think when you need to snap away from, okay, we're we're staying green in the name of fairness and respect to the race. To the other part of our job is keeping everybody safe, giving everybody a chance to pit. Now we just have to go yellow. I think this whole thing was actually very well officiated. You know, I think it's rare that anybody ever shouts out race control for doing a good job. Everybody jumps on them whenever we're upset about a penalty or a yellow we don't like or something. In this th- case, I think they did a really good job here because they, they kept it fair. They, you know, they gave the three stoppers a chance to pit, and then they cleaned this up, and we were back to green in three laps. It was also a very quick yellow. So I feel like those are the two things that we always ask for as fans, and we got them. That's a very good point. You swayed my opinion. <laughs> I think it was a little bit of an advantage for McLaughlin, though.
0: I mean, he came out ahead of O'Ward and Pillow yeah, and was able to hold on because he didn't have to complete the the lap, whatever. Maybe he would have held on anyway, whatever. I guess it doesn't matter. I see your point, though, and I think you're right. It didn't take long to clean up. We're all anticipating the green. I expect at this point, though, that Grosjean's going to be a sitting duck. Yeah. I mean, he's on the primary tires. They're already, I forget how old, at least 10 laps old. And McLaughlin's out on fresh reds. Yep. Doesn't have to fuel save. Yeah. And I expected McLaughlin to just get right around him and take off.
1: Me too. And he certainly put the pressure on. I mean, this the whole thing was a really interesting restart because now you've got everybody lined up. Everybody's got one more stop to make, different levels of fuel and uh, consumption and tire wear. But like you said, McLaughlin's right there and second on the reds eyeing the lead. Yeah. And so he actually goes for the lead on lap 44.
0: He got close to making a pass a couple times there. But Grosjean was able to hold on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Under intense pressure, yeah, too, a I little, would say. A, yeah,
0: a little further yeah. back, uh, Lungard on red tires was able to get around Pelot. Yep. Almost looked kind of easy. Like the red tires were just that much better coming up to temperature. Uh, another position gain for Lungard. He's up to fourth place now. So they restart on lap 42. Yep. And let's go through the order at lap 45.
1: Yeah, so... Lap 45 is the halfway point in the race, so Grosjean's still in the lead, but he's under heavy pressure from McLaughlin. But at this point, he's keeping him back there, uh, defending very nicely. And you've got a Ward in third, Lungard up to fourth on the red tires, like you said, having just gotten around Pelot, who's now back to fifth. Newgarden
0: had restarted on reds. In those two laps, he went around Rossi on blacks, and he also got around Dixon. So Newgarden's up to 6th now. Yep, Dixon's in
1: 7th. And then Rossi's had a little bit of a tough restart because Power's also gotten by him. So Power, who I think is also on the red tires, uh, restarted on the red tires up to 8th. Then you've got Rossi, who's fallen back to ninth, And then Rosenquist, who who was dead last at the end of lap 1, has now come all the way up to 10th place halfway through the race. Pretty impressive run. 11th is Kirkwood, 12th is Erickson,
0: and up to 13th is Marcus Armstrong, and he's on red tires, looking pretty racy. Yeah,
1: he's. I think he's in pretty good shape at this point. I think particularly being on the red tires uh, probably helped him out a little bit. Um, he's obviously come forward quite a ways, but then right behind him, you've got uh, Colton Herda who's fallen back to 14th. You know we know that he was really struggling for pace at the end of at the end of the stint with his tires, and then Pagano's hanging on in fifteenth. Yeah, Maluka's sixteenth, VK all the way back to seventeenth
0: after that good first stint. Eighteenth is De Francesco and then Nevis, Harvey, Ferrucci, Daly, Rayhall, way back there, sort of surprising, still not making any ground. Then Peterson, and then all the way back in twenty fifth. Is Ilot,
1: yeah, and then we got to talk about him at the end of the race. I was going to say I've got when we go through the running order at the end, I've got some things to say on him. But yeah, it's there. We are halfway through the race. He's twenty fifth. The only car on track that's behind him is his team teammate Canapino. But Ilot is about to come on very strong in the second half of this race. You know, I think
0: Ilot was a two stopper, right? He was on the two stop strategy, and so went all the way to lap twenty eight on his opening stint on the Reds. But he decided to come in with all the three-stop guys right before the yellow came out. So he came in, topped up. I'm assuming he put on fresh tires and switched strategies right there. Yeah. So it put him at the back of the pack, but no more fuel
1: save. Yep, great call. All
0: right, so we're at the halfway point. Grosjean's still leading. He's getting harassed by McLaughlin. All the two-stop guys have to save fuel, and we know they're going to stop first, right? They just...
1: Yeah, they're going to be right on the cusp of getting to about lap 60 whereas everybody else, the guys on 3 have uh, you know, they can go a little bit further. So we're expecting near lap 60 for the pit pit cycle to start. Yeah, definitely. Well, I was just going to say there's some pretty hard driving in this in yeah. this uh stint to get to the stops. I mean, I just have a few notes. I think a lot of these were caught in replay, not necessarily live by the cameras, but we got like a replay of Ray Hall giving Daly the hip check and sending him off track in turn five. Peterson getting into it with Castro Neves, what you know, going for like a double move on Ray Hall and Castro at the same time, also in turn five. And the whole time McLaughlin is just harassing Grosjean, who's doing whatever he can to keep him back there. And then at the towards the end of this stand, right before the before everybody comes into the pits, Newgarden's hanging on to six just by a threat. He's got like a train of like six, seven cars nose to tail right behind him. So he's he's in sixth place on lap 59 right before the stops, but he's about to drop like a rock.
0: And up front, I was keeping a close eye on Grosjean. I had him. I I bet him going into the weekend, I had 14-1 to (laughs) to win. So I might sound a little biased. I I was paying very close attention to the front. He had actually started to pull away from McLaughlin at this point. He got about a two-second lead and really put down some excellent laps right before he stopped. Which led me to believe that the red tires on McLaughlin were starting to go off. Yeah. And clearly they were going off for Newgarden, right? Like you said, he was holding up that big train. It didn't appear that Lungard was having the same problem with his reds, but
1: Yeah, it, it it for a second there it does when he starts to pull away and we think I thought the same thing. It looked like McLaughlin's reds were starting to go off. And so when you see that, then you think the chances of McLaughlin mounting a overcut attack are kind of slipping away. I was surprised at at how well McLaughlin was able to pull off the overcut here when we get into the final stops. But um, at that point, Grosjean had done a really, really good job to keep McLaughlin behind him. And for the last, you know, just a few laps before they came in, he was starting to pull away a little bit too.
0: Then Grosjean does come in on lap 60. Yep. He's followed by Award and Lungard all come in on lap 60.
1: Yep. So that hands McLaughlin the lead, obviously, who does... I think two laps of an overcut before he comes in, or excuse me, three laps. He comes in on lap 63. He was setting some fast times while he was out there. He had a really quick stop and everything. So after Grosjean came in, you know, then we kind of had a feeling that the overcut might work. He comes out ahead of Grosjean, but on cold tires, and it sets up a pretty wild battle for a couple laps.
0: Yeah, deja vu from both stops at St. Pete, one of them that ended, you know, both of their races pretty much. So. You know, I think everybody watching the race was probably on the edge of their seat at that point. Definitely. Wonder what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, so McLaughlin comes out ahead of Grosjean, and I think he holds him off for about a lap. They come around to the final corner. Grosjean, he's pulled right up to the back of McLaughlin coming out of of that little turn eight section, follows him through the really fast S's and everything, and then does this amazing move where it looks like as they're coming into that long, sweeping right-hand corner at the end of the track... Looks like he's maybe going to try to go up the inside of McLaughlin there. I think McLaughlin knew that that was going to come and uh, was doing everything he could to keep his car down on the bottom of the track because you actually see him start to slide the tail end. We only saw this in replay, but the tail end starts to step out just a little bit, and I think that's McLaughlin just doing whatever he can to keep the car down towards the bottom. So Grosjean straightens the wheel for a second and snaps to the outside. So at that point, I'm thinking he's trying to set up the over-under move, right? But he just sails it around the outside of the second-to-last corner. McLaughlin puts the squeeze on him. I thought he was going to put, put Grosjean in the grass. And then they make it through to the apex of that corner. Then I thought Grosjean was going to put McLaughlin in the grass. But they keep it clean. And so Grosjean gets him in the final corner. And uh, I have to admit that I had some money on Grosjean also. So I was standing up and clapping at this point. It was, uh, you know, as we know, it, it was not over after that. I couldn't believe he was able to pull that off. You know he did get
0: all the way under him. So, like you said, he it was it was a mover on the outside, but he ended up in the final turn on the inside. Yeah, you know, and and pretty much neck and neck. And so, right before we did this, we watched it together. Right, slowed the replay way down. I mean, McLaughlin was sliding all around. Still, his tires still weren't up to operating temp. Like you said, he's trying to block the inside of that that final right hander, and you could see the back end come around. I think that's why. Grosjean released his hands a little bit and swung to the outside. Yeah. Because he didn't, he didn't want to get caught up. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like he lost ground initially. But then I think as McLaughlin was getting a handle on his car, you know, and getting it back into position from this slide, Grosjean shot right up at the inside. It looked intense at full speed. There was even more to it when we slowed it down. Yeah. I mean, there was all kinds of stuff going on. And I
1: think they touched at least twice. Definitely, definitely. Maybe three times. Yeah, well, the final corner, when Grosjean's camera kind of pans around, it's looking right at McLaughlin's cockpit when they come through the final corner. You can see his hands on the wheel. You can see them kind of bounce off each other. And McLaughlin's wearing the white gloves. And you see his hands just kind of go flying to catch the car. It was intense. And we were all probably having flashbacks to St. Pete.
0: That no, was incredible racing, though it was really good. I yeah. Mean, all right. And right behind that, Will Power had overcut pretty much everybody. Right. He went into this pit cycle in one, two, eighth, eighth.
1: Yep. So he. So when McLaughlin comes in and he's fighting with Grosjean, that hands Power the lead. Who doing a an even larger overcut? Like you said, he overcuts like not everybody, but almost everybody. He comes out in third place from eighth before the stops. And that the extra three laps he did over Grosjean, I guess it was more. It was more
0: like five. He put down the fastest lap of the race. Yeah, he was flying. And, and so he overcut Dixon, Newgarden, Polo, Lungard, and O'Ward.
1: That's five spots in five laps, basically. It's pretty amazing. It's a pretty yeah. productive five laps. Yeah.
0: And not only that, he was about 18 seconds behind when McLaughlin took the lead, you know, right after Grosjean had pitted. And he, I think he came out just like 14 back. Yeah. So he closed four on on McLaughlin also. Yeah. And then really started reeling in both of them.
1: Well, yeah, so that's a good point. So Grosjean does get the lead back, but it's pretty obvious right away that he's not just going to run away. McLaughlin's all over him again. And then on TV, they show that graphic, which, you know, how much uh, push to pass everybody has left. And Grosjean is out with 21 laps to go. He has zero seconds of, of extra booths left. And so you you know he's gonna have a really tough time hanging on to the end of this thing. But then with 19 to go, just barely Cook's turn five, but it's enough to um, allow McLaughlin to get up side by side. And then I think just by McLaughlin having the extra turbo boosted hand, he's able to beat Grosjean up to uh, I think that's turn eight and takes the lead. And then right away they put the graphic up that's like battle for second, you know, power closing in on Grosjean. So we kind of knew at that point that it, that Grosjean's chances at a win were dashed. But power is coming on quickly. And so, you know, it definitely looked like Grosjean was going to have his work cut out for him to hold on to second place as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, it looked like Grosjean had won the race basically by making that move, right, to get the lead back after the final stop. And then once he finally gave up the lead, it looked like you said, like his chances for a win were dashed. You know, he never really got that far behind. I don't know if it was McLaughlin just sort of, you know, maintaining. But had they come up on slower traffic or gotten another yellow, it wasn't necessarily over. Yeah. But yeah, power was closing fast. I think at this point, though, Grosjean was more worried about what was coming from behind and power was on red tires. So again, the red tires, going into the race, I thought they were really going to be at a deficit to the primaries just because I didn't think they'd last that long and then they weren't really that much faster. But these guys made them work at the end. And there's another couple other guys used them to big advantage on this last stint. You know, Power pits on lap 66. He only needs them for 24 laps. But going into the the race, I was thinking the red tires were only going to be good for 14, 16 laps for whatever reason. I don't know where I came up with 14, 16, but but yeah,
1: he was was closing. Yeah, for sure. We got a lot of life out of the red tires at the end. So the run to the finish then is pretty much marked by Power closing in on Grosjean. Um, We're unsure whether or not he's going to be able to take that spot. But with fourteen to go, we do see a replay of Passioneau going wide and ripping through the grass and barely hanging on to the car, and then backing up a little pack. I don't really remember what the implications of that were, but that was a pretty hairy moment.
0: Yeah, it looks like he lost four spots. But uh, yeah, that was a hairy moment. Also, the other thing is at this point, you know, Newgarden was pretty much done. Yeah, which was sort of a shocker because at one point, at the beginning of the race, when he. Committed early on to the three-stopper. You know, I thought he was going to have a good chance to win. He was running before this final round of stops in sixth. Right. But he ends up coming out of this pit cycle all the way back in 13th. Yeah. Right after the pit stops. Fading from there. Right.
1: Spends, Spends the final stint there and actually goes backwards a couple spots. There
0: is a big mover here. I don't know if we want to talk about it now or in the final walkthrough, but... I, I didn't notice it until afterwards looking at the lap chart. Um, this would have been something that if you're there live, you can really yeah. grab a hold of, you know. But on TV, it's just hard to pick up on. Yep. But it basically that lot comes out in 19th place on red tires and just starts picking
1: people off yeah. left and right. Yeah, he's flying on this final stand. I, I didn't see it live either. I totally missed it on the little scoring ticker on the left side. I didn't pick it up until I looked at the lap chart later. But yeah, he passes Ferrucci, Malukas, Pagano in that shuffle, Rahal, VK, Newgarden, and Herta to get all the way up to 13th from where was he when he came out of the pits? I I have him in 19th. 19th, yeah. But the
0: midpoint of the race, he was 25th. Yeah. And second to last because, you know, we were down to 26 cards at that point. So pretty remarkable finish. Anyway, why don't we... Why don't we just go down the order unless there's anything else on that last stint? Nope, that's it.
1: So, yeah, McLaughlin with the big win surprised me with by doing it on three stops, making three stops work like that. I think once we got into the race, I wasn't surprised, but surprised to see him and the rest of the Penske's go to three stops so early. Yeah, they made it work.
0: Phenomenal race by McLaughlin. Same thing for Grosjean. I mean, I don't know what you can say. The guy did pretty much everything. Yeah. Just couldn't win.
1: But, again, he did bring it home, and I think he's only... 15 points back in the championship standings now or something. So the results could wind up paying off in the end. And Man, it's just got to be tough to knock on the door pretty much every race, knock on the door of the win and not get it again, especially having taken the lead in that dramatic fight with with McLaughlin after the final stop.
0: Will Power had an incredible race, right? I mean, started 11th, was pretty quiet for the first, first half of the race, really. Really, I didn't didn't even really consider him until he came out of the pits at the end in third. I was like, holy shit, how'd that
1: happen? Yeah, because even before that, he was he had restarted after the yellow in ninth, and I think he was only up to eighth by the time the stop started. And so yeah, I didn't, you know, didn't think he was going to be as fast as he turned out to be. But this is an awesome race for him. It's really well done. O'Ward and Pillow both do two stops, come home fourth and fifth. I should say I was my betting strategy actually historically, this race is usually won from people starting in the top three. I think in the last five years, four of them have been won by people starting in the top three. The only exception to that was Newgarden in 2017, who I'm pretty sure actually won from seventh on three stops as well, kind of like McLaughlin did today. But I thought it was going to be Grosjean, Ward, and Pelos. So I did an even amount of, of money on each of them, hoping one of them would win and I'd take home some haul. I was a little surprised to see him not be able to hang around and get beat out by the three stoppers, but I think it was exactly that I think the three stoppers made the better strategy play at the end of the day sixth Guard. excellent race phenomenal race, yeah. phenomenal, especially if you consider that his teammates finished harvey twenty fourth and Ray hall seventeenth, so he's carrying the flag for Ray hall Letterman, so out of the two stoppers
0: right if you if you take away the Penskes that were both three stoppers, you have. Grosjean in an Andretti, award in and a McLaren, Pelot in a Ganassi, and then Lungard in a Hall letterman lanigan So four different teams there representing the top four finishers of the two-stop guys, whatever. Yeah.
1: And again, given the history this year of RLL, I mean, that's pretty unbelievable finish. We know how strong he is at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course too, which is where we're headed next. I'm going to hold short of making any predictions, but he's carrying a lot of momentum into that race. That's a good call. I'll be watching for that. Dixon is next, also on a two-stopper. Loses two spots in the end, but I think that's just, I mean, that's the nature of, of having a fuel save for most of the race. But Rossi in eighth comes home having done three stops. He had looked a little stronger earlier in the race. We, we talked about him restarting
0: after that yellow on black tires and, and losing a couple spots, but not bad. Right behind him is his teammate Rosenquist who looped it on lap one, made a strong comeback.
1: Yeah, I would say actually this turned out to be a really strong race for him. To come all the way back up to ninth after being backwards and dead last on lap one with no help from a yellow to to catch you up. You know, I'm talking about lap one. It's pretty impressive. You know, he got going right away after that spin. He passed six guys in the first 10 laps and then went to three stops, just continued moving up from there. So I think this is a really strong race for him. Erickson in 10th. Yep, uh, another two-stopper. Kind of used to seeing Erickson right at the front, so to see him just kind of hanging around the back of the top 10, even outside the top 10 for most of the day is a little bit of a surprise, but that's uh, three spots ahead of where he started, So, and he still got the championship lead. Marcus Armstrong in 11th on a two-stopper,
0: closed it out on on red tires. He did two stints on the reds, but yeah, after
1: starting... All the way
0: back in twenty sixth. That's a pretty big move.
1: Yeah, and he 15th. was actually dead last. So when Rosenquist was dead last on lap one, Armstrong was dead last on lap two. Yeah, he was up to fifteenth when the three stoppers came in, restarted in thirteenth, and then stayed right there and actually moved up a couple spots to get home to eleventh. So that's uh that's a strong race for him.
0: Kirkwood in twelfth, probably disappointing. You know, I mean, after getting that huge win at Long Beach, probably has his sights Set toward the front of the I mean, probably did before the win, but expects to be a little higher
1: up than that. Yep. But then we get to thirteenth, which uh is I lot who we already talked about had just the mega final stint. I don't know if we need to recap that. No, I think
0: I think we said enough the first time around, but he had kind of a modified three stopper, right? He was gonna go on a two stop strategy when the yellow came out, he switched it up, paid off for him at the end. Everybody
1: else was in major fuel save. ILOT just ripped through the pack. Yeah, it's a, that was a great, great call by the team. I heard a 14th. That's actually exactly where he started the race on two stops. But I would say um, just from watching on TV, he was most visibly struggling with tire degradation. Yeah, I think a lot of guys were, but it just seemed like they were on his in-car quite a lot when he was slipping around trying to hang on to it at the end of the stint. So I was pretty up and down for him, but he winds up coming home at exactly where he started. Yeah, I was listening to
0: his in-car on the first stint when his tires started to go off. They debated, I think they might have played it on TV too. They debated switching to a three-stopper. I, I think they just should have done it. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I I was surprised he didn't. And like I said earlier in the podcast, I'm surprised a couple other guys didn't also. We've talked about Newgarden. That's
1: 15th. And yeah, like you said, I mean, it looked at one point, it looked like he was maybe going to be a contender to win kind of a shock to get to the final stint and just see him stuck all the way back there.
0: If he did have alignment issues, like he probably did, it's sort of amazing. He was able to run as well
1: as he did to be a contender. Something was definitely wrong. Well, I was just thinking about that. I mean, he winds up in 15th place, but the fact that he looked like a potential winner early in the race, the guy's obviously just really good at putting himself in position to win these things. The damage ultimately cost him. He probably got everything he could out of it, all things considered. So VK on a two-stopper? I think he's got to be really disappointed because he qualified up in the top 12. It just seemed like at the end of this, kind of like Herda, you know, at the end of these stints, he started to slip backwards with heavy tire wear. Actually, at the end of the first stint, he made his first stop with Newgarden having already gotten past him and came out in 20th, you know, from being, what, like fifth, about 10 laps into the race or something. So it's a pretty tough race for him.
0: He beats out Ray Hall. Yeah, Ray Hall was on a three stopper, and that is sixteenth, correct? Seventeenth. Um, Paginot in eighteenth on a two stopper. Malukas, you mentioned him dicing it up with Grosjean. He did that a couple times actually on the on the final stops. He came right up on McLaughlin and Grosjean as they were doing their battle. Yeah, obviously ran well,
1: but just tough all the way back in nineteenth. Definitely. Ferrucci, we barely got to see on TV, but he does three stops, finishes 20th. He started 27th, so he did move up quite a bit.
0: Yeah, he had issues in qualifying, couldn't get the car into gear, so basically didn't post a time, had to start dead last.
1: Castroneves comes home 21st. He stuck to uh, two stops, a couple off-track excursions
0: <laughs> for him. Yeah. <laughs> pretty eventful race back there. Those guys were must have been chopping each other up all day. We
1: just didn't get to see it on TV. Yeah, but. it really looked like they did. There's <laughs> a lot of position change at the very back of this pack. I, th- I think they were racing each other really hard. Speaking of that, so Ben Peterson comes home in 22nd. He was on three stops, but I think he restarted dead last or second to last, and he moved up a little bit. He was making some ground at the end of this thing. You know, He's been at the back, so we haven't got to see a whole lot of him, but I think that probably be considered that to be a pretty successful race
0: yeah he must be getting comfortable in the car devon defrancesco qualified well had a pretty good opening stint it was hard to tell because i think
1: he was on the reds to start yeah it's hard to say i think he had a pretty good opening lap start too because he's shown in 14th on the lap chart at the end of lap one and he started 18th but yeah winds up all the way back in 23rd. It's a tough day All these guys are on the lead lap. That's a good point. I was surprised to see that when I looked at the results at the end of this thing, that nobody finished a lap down. Everybody was still on the lead lap when it was all said and done.
0: Yeah, no wave arounds, no nothing like that. So, you know, it's not like these guys were slow. Right. They just, just, um,
1: it's just tough. No, and by the looks of it, they were fighting each other really hard back there. So then we get to Harvey in 24th, kind of, uh, you know, also on two stops. Just hasn't really had the speed since he's gone to to the Ray Hall team. It's going to be kind of tough. He has in the past though shown really well at the Indy road course. So
0: with guard putting a good race together, I'm sure they're aiming a little higher. Yeah, but uh it's getting to be desperation time really.
1: And Daly's in a very similar boat. He was all the way back in 25th on 3 stops. Didn't see a whole lot of him in this race. I think he just didn't have a lot of pace, but he's another guy that that tends to go really well at Indy on both the road course and the oval. So
0: Yeah, and you're right about the oval, too. I mean, Daly leads laps at the 500, so he's probably chomping at the bit to get to the speedway.
1: I'm sure. I'm sure he is. And then we get Augustine Canapino back in 26th. I don't have a lot to say about him. I think maybe this just kind of comes back down to earth a little bit because in the first few races of the year, he's really exceeded expectations. Eventually, you're going to have the bad days, too. On the lead lap,
0: he's only been in, this is his fourth IndyCar race, fourth open wheel race. Yeah. Chalk it up to another learning experience.
1: Yep. And then 27th Stingray Rob, who unfortunately DNFs.
0: Okay, so that wraps it up. All right, let's get into the points a little bit here. So coming into the Midwest, I can't wait. Got a whole bunch of races coming into the Midwest. Erickson is still leading with 130 points. Awards in second, just three back. Pelos in third, just nine
1: back from Erickson. Yep. And McLaughlin's fourth, 11 back. And Grosjean fifth, 15 points back.
0: Grosjean crashing out of the first two races. Pretty amazing, really, that uh, it's still that tight. Newgarden in sixth, 25 points back. Yep. Will Power, just one point further, 26 back. Those guys are all big time contenders. And then Scott Dixon's in eighth uh, with 98, so he's only 32 back. Yeah. Kirkwood with 92, I mean, race winner may make some noise. And then in 10th, Colton Hurda with 85. I'd say disappointing start so far for Herta, but long way to go.
1: Yeah. I don't know what to say other than it's tight and it's a long way to go. And I think it's the standings are probably going to shuffle a lot throughout the season. I'm really looking forward to getting
0: to the Speedway.
1: Yeah, definitely. For both races. Yeah. And then we've got
0: Detroit, we've got Road America.
1: So it's getting good. Yep. Good stretch of races ahead of us.
0: So I'm going to leave you with a little Grateful Dead song here. Actually, this is off of Garcia. It was a uh, a bonus track on Garcia's album Run for the Roses. It's called Alabama Getaway. <laughs>